It was another day and another multi-billion dollar bank profit, this time Australia's third biggest bank, the ANZ, following its big four competitors into what's known as the $7 billion club. The full year after tax profit was $7.1 billion. The bumper result has been driven in part by higher interest rates from the Reserve Bank, which continue to push many households to the brink. Shane Elliott spoke with the ABC's senior business correspondent, Peter Ryan. Well, Shane Elliott, what sort of pressure is your mortgage book under at the moment, given the rising interest rates environment? Actually, the mortgage book at ANZ is holding up remarkably well. We talked about our results today. You know, we've got about a million home loans on our books here in Australia, and thankfully, very, very few are under any financial stress. In fact, the number who are technically in hardship, they've reached out to the bank and said, hey, I'm really struggling, is about 2,000. Now, it's devastating for those 2,000, and we'll do everything we can to help them. But that's a pretty low number and, and, and you know, historically also very, very modest. So 2,000 out of a million customers at ANZ, that sounds pretty low, but do you think it's a canary in the coal mine? We're concerned that cost of living and higher rates are absolutely going to affect more people. And we, we would expect more people to reach out for help over uh, the coming year. I think that's undoubtedly going to happen. But the good news is uh, when you have you know strong, profitable banks like ANZ, it gives us the ability to lean in and help those people who are in harm's way and who are going to struggle. But we'd still expect overall the numbers to remain remarkably modest. And they've actually had ability to save a lot of money during COVID. Most of our customers have got really strong jobs. And so people have been able to, by and large, work this through. Earlier today, you referred to borrowers just muddling along. You obviously want borrowers to meet their repayments, but is muddling along a warning sign to you of bad news to come? It's it's something of concern. As I said, we're very aware that more people are struggling. More people are having to make tough choices about um, where they spend their money. You know, do they draw down on their savings to meet their home loan? You know, do they change what's in their shopping basket? And we can see it very much in our credit card and debit card data, we can see Australian consumers are spending differently. The area that we're most concerned about, though, Peter, to be honest, is more the renter population. So while they don't have a home loan and, you know, are not going to default because they don't have a loan with us, the renters out there are really the ones doing it tough. You know, they're the ones disproportionately impacted by cost of living. So that's the cohort that are struggling more than more than most. So when you look at those 2,000 out of a million customers who've put their hand up for help, you're offering interest-only repayments, deferring payments or extending the life of a loan. But none of these are good options, are they? Well, they're better than the alternative. And so, look, we, there are some restrictions by law of what we are able to offer those people. But basically, every case is different. And we sit down with those people and figure out what's right for them. Sadly, it might mean that some need to reconsider whether home ownership is the right thing for them and they may have to downsize or, or make other alternatives. But as I said, we do what we need to do within the law, uh, whether it's restructuring a loan, moving to interest only, changing the terms and conditions of a loan, maybe stretching it out. Maybe they only had 15 years to go and we restructure and make it, push it out for 20 years. So by definition, you're in hardship. Life is life is really distressing and, and really difficult. So none of the choices are good. When you look at extending the life of a loan, how long could a loan end up being extended? More than 30 years? So again, our regulation is pretty strict on that. So if you, Peter, turned up to us today and said, hey, I've got 15 years left on my loan, I'm really struggling. Um, for us to be able to extend your loan to 20, 25 or 30, and we can't go beyond 30, that for us, we would need to essentially reassess you as a, almost like a new borrower and you still have to pass the responsible lending tests. And that's the restriction. But there are limits to what we can 
uh, do in terms of extensions. Just on the Reserve Bank, I know you're limited in what you can say, but 13 cash rate hikes since May last year. Is there a real risk the RBA might have over-tightened and might end up engineering a recession? Look, I don't know. I don't see the data that they see. I mean, I guess there's always that risk. I don't see that risk as particularly high at the moment. I mean, the reality is, despite the fact that many are doing it tough, that many are struggling and many are worried about the future, on average, and you know that's the world we have to live in, on average, the economy is still pretty good. You know, people have jobs, people can get work. So I think that I think the recession outlook is is still very, very low. Earlier today, you mentioned the war in Ukraine and the Israel-Gaza war, all out of your control, out of the control of the Reserve Bank. But how heavily do those worries weigh? They do weigh on our minds. I mean, we're not, we don't operate in those parts of the world, but these are dreadful situations. You know, they're tragic tragedies unfolding in front of us. Um, you know, I don't want to reduce it just to the economy because it's much more uh, profound than that. But from an economic perspective, these are massive uncertainties. Who's to say where these things go? I mean, clearly the war in Ukraine has had an impact on things like the oil price, but more importantly, they just they just raise uncertainty. And you know, in a world of uncertainty, it changes the way people make decisions about thinking about investing in a new business or where they where they're going to source products and uh, goods and services from. I mean, more directly at the moment, it's less about the business impact. Honestly, I mean, look, you know, ANZ, we're a strong bank. We'll be able to work these things through. It's really more. We are seeing uh, amongst our own people and also our customers, you know, high levels of uh, distress uh, as people worry about what's happening, particularly more recently, you know, the tragedy unfolding in the Middle East. And so we're working as much as we can to give people reassurance just psychologically. There's also what's known as the mortgage cliff where fixed rates expire and borrowers move into a higher rates world. But is that cliff real or is it looming? We're mostly through that. Most of our customers are through that. Um, What we found is that those customers, surprisingly, and I know this is counterintuitive, those customers have ended up in better shape than, than everybody else. And you might say, how on earth is that possible? That's because it wasn't a surprise. Because people knew it was coming and the banks, I think, including ANZ, did a pretty good job of letting people know, saying, hey, Peter, your home loan is converting in six months. Get ready. And guess what? Our customers aren't foolish. They got ready. So they they saved more. They changed their spending habits, braced themselves for it. So when it did happen, they were ready. And what we've seen is they have been able to get through this in remarkably good shape. Just on cyber attacks, we've had DP World offline and now back online and 30,000 containers stranded and also the Optus outage last week. How resilient are banks and can you afford any complacency? We can never afford complacency. Banks are in the business of security. We've been in that business for 195 years at ANZ. You know, there's always somebody trying to steal money from us or from our customers. That's what we do for a living. We're in the business of trust, right? Now, increasingly, that money is it's digital. It's not its not coin and, and cash sitting in a vault. It's, it's in a digital vault. So we spend a huge amount of money protecting um, our customers' money from criminals and scammers and hackers and cyber uh, criminals, et cetera. But there's always more we can do. We're always spending more to do that. We're never, ever, ever complacent. And then, of course, the other thing we're all learning is, you know, in a highly connected world, we're all dependent on each other. And so we need to make sure that we have fail-safe situations when one of our suppliers does fail. You know, we can switch over to somebody else or we have backup plans, you know. Banks, I think, or ANZ take this enormously seriously. We're never, ever complacent. Um, and there's always more to learn. That's the ANZ Chief Executive Shane Elliott speaking to ABC's Peter Ryan.